Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Got sued by the SEC virtually overnight. I lost everything. I didn't have any money saved. I had these bills and I was like, holy shit, I have no option. When you have success and then it gets taken away, what happened that day was I made a decision. This doesn't define me. This isn't who I am. We move in proportion to who we believe we are. If we don't believe we're a seven-figure CEO, we're never going to act like one. If you have a process to actually change your energy of what's happening in your brain, getting into Mm. your RES and really programming that filter, commanding to the universe or your brain, what's relevant, say 10,000 a month. This is what I did. 10,000 a month, 10,000 a month. I got obsessed about this idea. Had no idea how that was going to happen. That desire from wanting 10 to getting 10 was about three years in the making. Once I got the 10 though, now listen to this. This is a key point. Once I got the 10, boom, within literally 30 days, I was making over. See, we have to use these systems that have been used against us to empower us. The way you program yourself Mm -hmm. into limitation is. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome back to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us today, Anton Wisbisky. Anton, how are you there, brother? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. I love the... uh... Uh, enthusiastic intro (laughs) (laughs) it's hard not to be enthusiastic following your work brother and i'm conscious that i've come straight out of the gate started addressing you as brother but your work has such an affinity and kinship and 
yeah, there's just so much goodness in there that I'm really excited to have this conversation with you here today. I do have to do the honors for those that haven't come across Anton for a quick sec. He is a quantum coach. Um, Social media is called I Am Powerful. He's got an entire agency there. But his mission, I feel, is really to help people live a life that they love, but practically actually executing upon that with all the business insights and wisdoms that he's learned through his way. So the entrepreneur's way, this is a really heart-centered way to really come home to entrepreneurship. Spiritual leadership, I think, is probably what he embodies quite well. Um, quite well. I'm being modest on his behalf. <laughs> um, and I think this is where the heart of the conversation is going to lead to today. Um, how to actually actualize our dreams that are aligned with our spirit spiritual awareness i think man the work you've got the youtube channel the book that's coming out ceo squared i'm so excited to dive into this conversation man thank you so much for being here with us today let's go i'm excited thank you brother so i wanted to tune in high level um because i know we were even discussing this off offline um before we jumped on the podcast, which is, you know, there's the work that you do with helping people execute on their businesses and, you know, really bring them to life and and thrive. But then there's also this entire masculine and feminine dimension of like your spiritual awareness at the moment that you're carrying and championing as well. And I think it's a really um, beautiful distillation that you're carrying. But straight out of the gate, I'd like to ask, in your book, CEO Squared, you mentioned that business is a masculine force. Can you talk a little bit around why you think that and um, and yeah, just help us unpack like that phrase, like, um, yeah, that business is a masculine force? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the primary focus of masculinity is that drive. It's the mission, assertiveness. It's going for something. And as a man that are as that, that as business that it, that yeah. embodies that exact force there needs to be logic there needs to be structure there needs to be a direction there needs to be an aim if you flow in business you're going to struggle and flow love compassion empathy you know all feminine forces now that doesn't mean you can't be a woman that runs a business it just absolutely means that if you're if you are a woman to be successful in business and like really successful not just being like a solo entrepreneur, but like a build a real business, there needs to be a strong mm. masculine presence there. Uh, and you can build it. I always tell women build masculine structures to support the feminine art because the, the, the service of the business may not be masculine. You know, let's say you're a therapist or you're intuitive or you're a coach or you're a painter or you're an artist or, you know, mm. you're, um, you know, there's a million different businesses women can be in. So to support that art, there has to be masculine structures because this is what happens to a lot of women. They get into business because they have a mission. They're excited. They want to serve. They want to give back. And they start doing it and they burn out. The reason they burn out mm. is because they're not just doing the art. They're doing the operations. They're doing the billing. They're doing the accounting. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're doing all these things that should yeah. be in place in business to support that feminine art. But they find themselves playing whack-a-mole and they're like, ah, I'm burnt out. I don't know what to do. And that's a lot of times where I meet them and I show them simple strategies you can do to, to scale your business in a feminine force because women have to decide. If you're going to build a business, do you want to have, do you actually want to be an entrepreneur? If that's the case, that mm. does mean part of the art 
or the service of what you do is going to need to evolve, which means, which translates to you're going to need a team or you're going to need to raise your prices. That's really the only two options. Because if you want to stay in the art of your business and that feminine kind of flow, you can be massively successful. You're that tacticianer or practitioner with a specific skill. But if you want to scale that business, you don't scale on quantity. You scale on quality. And what I mean by that is you raise your prices. So instead of working with, let's say, 10 people for $1,000 a month, you work with 10 people for $10,000 a month. It's just hypothetical. And instead mm -hmm. of getting, you know, 10 people to pay you whatever and on quantity or a thousand people to pay you a thousand bucks, you get 10 or a hundred people to pay you 10,000 or 10 people to pay you 10,000, whatever the math might be. And what this does for women is it lets them stay in that feminine energy while scaling their mm -hmm. business. They're just not scaling in the, in a masculine way of like more, 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 more drive, get they're scaling more in like a elegant feminine way where they're able to do less but make more. So uh, I teach a lot of women that and coach them around that. It's it's monumental for their life because all the a lot of these women they're burning out. They want to be successful. They want to make money, but they, they mm -hmm. want to make impact. But they have to show up so aggressively every single day in masculine energy, and that's a lot for any woman's nervous system to handle. Yeah, I um, as you're sharing, I'm viscerally sort of the the realization that's dropping in in the conversation i wanted to prompt was also the structures is probably what feels masculine and that when i do my coaching and you know it's not about me it's about you but i see um i, see, I sort of see the masculine role as like this massive tree and i don't know if you've seen like a willow but like there's these massive trees and you know the branches sort of come down all the way to the earth and that's kind of what i see the masculine forces being and you know sometimes you can like pull up the the foliage and go in and sort of spend time just in the you know in the area of this tree and like you know maybe you build something in there or maybe you, you know, have a picnic but that's like the feminine forces like what am I going to do with all this structure and space that's created for me it's kind of how I model in my head the role of the masculine and the feminine the feminine provides that beauty that creativity you know she can make it a war zone she can make it a she can make it a space for peace and love um, yep but it's that tree and that structure is is the masculine force. The the thing that sort of bleeds in for me then is our business models and structures being more masculine like you described. Um, is it just my awareness? Because the marketplace feels like chaos. The marketplace feels feminine, but the business structures are masculine. Your thoughts on that? Uh, what do you mean exactly by the marketplace? When I think about like the marketplace and market forces and us taking like anything to market, the marketplace itself feels like a feminine space. Would you say it's a feminine space or do you think the marketplace itself is also a masculine force? Um, I mean, I guess it can, it, it can be both. It just depends what the, the mm. business is, I guess, like what market you're in. But in terms of the structure of business, it has to be logical. Um, you can you can scale the six figures being totally all over the place, very emotional, making emotional based decisions. But as the business scales, every almost every entrepreneur I've met that goes from six to seven to eight to ten figures, they tend to get more unemotional over the years because they're looking yeah. at it from a pure logic game. Now that's not that's not very mm. exciting for a lot of artists. That that totally turns mm. them off. But at the same time, 
what artists need to understand that person with a very specific skill is they're probably not that person that's super logical. I wasn't that person. I'm the artist in my business. I use feminine forces in my business. I'm super creative. But I, mm -hmm. I learned that scale and scale my impact. I had to learn mm -hmm. the structure, logical side of business and partner with people who aren't creative, are pure logic, who run the numbers, who grow the systems, who are yeah. boring my eyes, but they're necessary to support my craziness because I'm, I'm wild, mm. man. And I, I and most <laughs> artists are, they, they want to, they want to go and they want to go fast, but operations people and mm. logical people, they kind of hold the artist back, say, Hey, look, if you go too fast, you're going to fall off the cliff. Let's at least build a damn yeah. parachute. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We're, we're talking yeah. about artists. We're talking about pure. Maybe we can talk about the types of entrepreneurs that you mentioned in CEO squared. Um, yeah. yeah, I think this is a really important distillation for people to, to just have as a conversation in the back of their head, as they realize on the path they're walking out on, and we can talk about the challenges and limitations of both and how they, how they work together, but yeah, what are the three? Um, yeah, what are the three, three types, types of entrepreneurs? Yeah, for sure. So the first one is artists. Most people listening to this, they're likely an artist. This is the person yeah. with a very specific skill. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah, definitely an artist. Me three. So <laughs> you know, you got the specific thing that nobody else does, and that's essentially how you started the business. You said, "Hey, I gained this skill. Mm. I'm going to start this business. I'm going to start selling it to people. It can come in a variety of forms." But it's I label that artist. Number two is mm -hmm. really the, the manager leader slash operations person. Now, this person helps the artist tremendously. The reason why is because they look at their art and they say, how can we duplicate this? How can we scale this? What systems can we put in place to support this art? The artist goes, oh, I'm, I'm so special. There's no one that can duplicate this. I'm the best. And it's yeah. all limited beliefs. <laughs> and I, I work on people a lot with this. I was this person because I have a social media agency. Mm. I started the company because I was able to gain skills such as like video editing. I was very creative, all these different things. And I was like, no one can ever do this as good as me. There's no one out there until I got a good operations person to be like, look, Anton, you're not that special. And we get like all these incredible hires. I'm like, damn, okay. So that operations person, which is number two, they support that artist. They are so vital to the business. Now, if you're an artist, mm. you must partner with them or hire them and, and have given them a piece of your business. Uh, that's what I, I like to do. Or, you know, pay them a really solid salary and vice versa. Mm -hmm. If you're a operations person and you're very system minded, don't try to be an artist, just partner with an artist and build the systems for them. Mm -hmm. It'll be way more fruitful. Now there's this third entrepreneur. Now this is unlikely for people listening uh, on this type of audience, but this is the, mm -hmm. what I call pure entrepreneur. This is the person that will see an opportunity. They're really opportunists. They go, ooh, there's money in that industry. I'm going to build a business. I'm going to build it as high as I can. I'm going to recruit the best people, and then I'm going to sell that business for a multiple. <laughs> if it's making, yeah, you know, it. that's the thing with exiting a business. You can sell it for a multiple depending on the industry. So if you, a lot of pure entrepreneurs right now, my friends, they're getting into software and they're getting into AI because they see as like, oh, let's grow these software companies and tell it, sell it for a 10x multiple. And they're willing to invest mm. three, five, 10 years to build something up that they really don't care about, to be honest. It's just they're money hungry, which is, this isn't a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's just their nature. And a lot of people operate mm -hmm. like this. Elon Musk is a very good example of a artist turned 
pure entrepreneur. Every company he's built, he built it because of his art, but his pure entrepreneur mm -hmm. allows him to recruit the best talent in the world and then sell those business for a multiple so he can ultimately do what he loves, which is you know, mm -hmm. SpaceX, Tesla, now Twitter. And it's just like when you, when you have all three of these types of entrepreneurs, or at least you have this idea, it can allow you to dramatically increase your impact. Every time I start a company now, I start with who am I hiring? That's the operations. Who am I hiring? That's pure entrepreneur. I'm going to be the artist most likely in, in the businesses I'm a part of, but mm -hmm. who do I need? And I learned, man, mm -hmm. it, it just, it shortcuts everything because you're seeing through more than one lens and artists tend to be a little, a little ignorant at times because they think they're so creative and, and they are, but sometimes logic can seem like a creative force to an artist because it's so like uh, duplicatable, mm -hmm. so multipliable. Like an artist just doesn't think like that. And once mm -hmm. I started gathering these opinions and hiring these types of people, my business has exploded. Like it actually was allowed me, it was the thing that allowed me to scale to seven figures. Without it, it was virtually impossible because I'd, I'd get clients in, they leave. And it was like this ebb and flow because there was no systems and there's only one Anton. Mm -hmm. There was only so much I was able to duplicate. And it was stunting my growth and it stunts almost every entrepreneur I talk to, they have this issue. <laughs> Cause I'm not, I'm not yeah. dealing with entrepreneurs who are doing like hundreds of millions in some cases. Yes, very rare, but more so the person on the brink of six and seven figures is what I'm dealing with. Mm. I, I totally resonate because as the artist entrepreneur, there's the, the idea that our value lies in our uniqueness mm -hmm. and you know even the way i have to admit even the way i look at my systems it's like yeah i want to make my systems as frictionless as possible and as easy to execute as possible even that is part of my art and the way that my business runs you know <laughs> and when i was reading your book i was like oh man like <laughs> yeah uh, I, I've, I've been like batted around a lot to try and reinvent the wheel but in the end i just implemented the most simple systems that there are but they're still systems <laughs> and if someone was there like five years ago to help me implement some of these systems like i could have shortcutted a lot of things major um, and by the way artists yeah. artists and operations people tend to butt heads i yeah. always butt heads with my operations people because they slow you down because they have to mm. they have to yeah. slow you down but it's a slow down to speed up it's like a shift yeah and you have gear. to appreciate There's that one moment yeah. where it's like you're shifting gears but for a slight second you're actually going backwards in speed or stopping completely and then all of a sudden it's like boom mm. So yeah, that, that's a that's very common, very, very kind of a textbook <laughs> issues with artists. <laughs> One thing that blew me away in the book, which was, and okay. So for those tuning in, I highly recommend the book. If you can not gauge by now, I, I mentioned this to you before and on, before we jumped on the, uh, on the podcast, it's conversationally written. So it's really palatable, but you cover a lot of depth mm -hmm. and there's a lot of like, I don't want to say simple innovation, but it's, yeah, it's, it's simple, but, uh, yeah, it, it takes a level of mastery to get it down to simple, which I appreciate that you've done. Yeah. Um, it's simple, time, yet I'd very effective. Shorter <laughs> <laughs> right. And one of the big takeaways, cause you, for me personally, where I'm at on my journey was, um, the artist collaborating with the operations person. Yes. Um, and I've, hired multiple times in my business and I, I've done exactly what you mentioned as a, a failure point, which is I consistently hire for culture and my culture is that of the artist. So I end up hiring more Amrits. 
not operations people. Yeah. And as I, the, the mirror that the book that I was reading, I was like, oh man, that oh, yeah, like I kind of know this, but like, <laughs> like Anton's just serving it up in a hot plate. It's yeah. burning, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing it from the perspective of an artist. So I know yeah. your problem because I'm I'm talking to me just a couple years ago. I know it all too well, man. Yeah. The the hack that you delivered though for yeah. me was just like, oh, because I because I'm an entrepreneur to some degree. I've got so many great friends around me that are uh, like driven entrepreneurs that are pure entrepreneurs that are nice. ops and maintenance people. Like, and one of my closest friends is a pure entrepreneur, and I just realized I should put together a bit of a job description. And then I should get him to look at it. There you go. And for him to basically make the post on Upwork for me. He's my mate. Like, he can give me 20 minutes of his time. Absolutely. And we can hire two, like, he can hire two Let people. Him hire. Exactly. Yep. On my behalf. On your behalf. Because he would hire people that are him. And I would love to have him in my business, but I can't afford him, right? There you go. And so. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. That hack was just like... Genius, right? <laughs> oh my god shut up it's so good that changed my whole business that changed my whole business because this is what artists do and for those of you who haven't read the book or are going to read the book we're talking about the hiring hiring mm. as ceo squared it's a hack and everything yep. it, and the reason i call it squared is because these moves will square your business quite literally double triple quadruple thousand x hundred x i'm not this is an exaggeration especially if you're a good mm. artist if you're a good artist, yeah. this business is even, or this book is so freaking powerful. Like I can't tell you how powerful mm -hmm. it is. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, it's it's very cheap. You can get it for seventeen bucks. It's awesome. But um, mm -hmm. the uh, the hiring hack, the reason it's so powerful is because as a artist, if you go to hire. Mm -hmm the the creatives and the people you attract naturally who you naturally are going to see because your RAS as you kind of are aware of now in the you know mm. the uh, people who apply for the job you're going to find the people just like you but you don't need you mm. <laughs> you need other <laughs> skills you need other minds you need more logic you need more structure you need more operations maybe you need some pure entrepreneurship maybe you need someone who's just more of a direct communicator and more assertive in certain categories, another thing artists tend to struggle with. And mm. you have to, what I talk about in the book is how, as an artist, you have to seek out the pure entrepreneur, which was alluding to the three types mm. of entrepreneurs we just talked about. And I say the best one to hire for you is the pure entrepreneur. Because this person is, look, they're the visionary. They're looking at, okay, 
what do we need to grow this company to 10 million, 100 million, a billion dollars? Well, you need talent. And they're not look they have zero emotion. They're saying who's the best? Who do we need? Who do we need to fire? What is it? They're very logical, they're very straightforward and they're seeing as well who's a good team fit that's going to collaborate well with the artists and the operations and they have this kind of mm. uh, culture understanding. And what I recommended in the book is to have those people do the hiring for you. So you essentially do this. You create a job description and you think it's good. Yep. You give it to them and they totally rewrite the whole thing because you're writing it from an artist. <laughs> They're going to write it from a pure entrepreneur. Yeah. Pure entrepreneurs tend to be yeah. very operational as well. And then they go and they do the hire. And I had my buddy Trav do this for me. And, you know, his billion, yeah. his, his business does do, do millions. He's, you know, much older than I am. He's maybe 60s now. And, you know, he's got way different. He's very dominant, direct, assertive, very mm. disagreeable personality, very yeah. different than I am. And when I, when he, we had this conversation and it just, it was like this aha moment. And I was like, why don't you hire for me? And, and it was just like, ah, I'd love to do that. He's an Australian guy. I'd love to do that, mate. And he, uh, he took care of it, man. And, it, and the, the two hires we had, they stayed with me for years. And I also had a recording because it was on Zoom of the hire. And it just, it, it, I just, it, it was like 40 years of education in a 30-minute hiring call. Yeah. It just, that's so invaluable. And I was like, God, I would have never asked that question. I would have never done this. I would have never done yep. that. His job description yep. would have never phased it like that. <laughs> And those people were I, uh, majorly valuable assets to my company. That's mm -hmm. when I started to scale pretty, uh, pretty dramatically because they, they helped build those frameworks. So I could do more of the art and I I take that. care of more of the stuff that didn't really excite me, let alone I sucked at. <laughs> yeah. I, um, there's part of me that's like I'm smiling the whole way through. Part of me is cringing because I'm – and I'm not cringing at what you're saying. I'm cringing at like I, my job descriptions even right now on Upwork are like culture is so important to us. It's important to have a cultural fit. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, my God, nice. my job description is so artistic. No, <laughs> so well, that's been though. like a it's, massive – It's amazing you recognize yeah. that because at some level you know mm. subconsciously from just from that comment that – it's mm. limiting you. You know it. Yeah. And this is a lot of things yeah. about artists. When you start to peel back that onion, like, look, what are your issues in your business? Well, I've been stuck at this revenue. Okay, why? Well, this and this, mm. and they have a story. Well, it's like, eh, you're looking at this through one lens. But when you start to expand that lens of like, huh, what if I get an outside opinion? What if I have someone do this before me? Maybe I'll stop having mm. such high churn where an employee comes in for two months, they're fresh off the whip for two weeks, and then they just die off. Or yeah. maybe it's the opposite of like, you're just getting people, they're staying long, but they're not a good really fit. They don't add a ton of value. So, you know, it's, it's very easy for artists to, to make this mistake because you're going to hire people just like you. But like I said, you don't need you. You need somebody totally different. And I, in my <laughs> second business, my coaching business, it's funny. I scaled my social media company and pure artists in the beginning. Ran it like an artist, even did well as an artist, but I could never really scale it to really a, a real company. I was always kind of working in the, in the business, not necessarily on it. Mm. And it limited me and it, it, it also limited my impact as a whole. But then I figured this all out, right? And I write this book. <laughs> then I started another mm. company 
and I find myself making the same because I'm more connected to art in this new company. So I was like, oh man, wow, this really is this really is my uh, dominant here. I really am an artist. Yeah. So it's like I'm making yeah. the same mistake. I'm hiring my friends. <laughs> We're all in the same vibe. They've been to my retreats. I know they love the work, and I'm like, ah, art. Like, no, you don't need that person. You need people who haven't gone yeah. to your retreat. You need people who are purely uh, logical. You need people who don't even believe in your damn message. That's what you need. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I appreciate you sharing that as well because you talk a lot about challenges in the book, and the book talks about actually you've like you had quite a seismic journey going from like early like even late teens you were quite successful by your own right, and then you had this dip, yeah, and then kind of yeah, 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 like a huge one, and then you sort of built yourself back up again. And I know for those that are tuning in, you know, the conversation that failure is a necessary ingredient for success um, is not foreign. But can you tell us a little bit about what, like, what you realized from the peak and then the trough and then coming back to the peak? I know there's probably a, a ton of lessons in there, but there's a few that you mentioned in the book, which I was like, these are super potent. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of different phases of my life, but at the age of 17 um to about 20 years old i had a lot or about 19 i had a lot of success in in terms of high school (laughs) success you know a couple thousand dollars a month doing well first kind of entrepreneurial venture uh essentially that (laughs) company got sued by the sec virtually overnight i lost everything Uh, my income got shut off i had a fifty thousand dollar loan of a mercedes-benz in my name as a as a 17 year old kid that's a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. I just moved out as well in the same couple months. Like I moved out and then a month or two later, the company got, got hit with this lawsuit. And I was like, holy shit. And that kind of sent me down a, a, a deep path of kind of like some depression, anxiety, these things. I had all that mm-hmm. before then, but it just re-triggered mm-hmm. a bunch of unresolved trauma. And it's traumatic, my, man. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. very much so. For, for a 19-year-old kid who thinks this is like his vehicle to millions and impact and his life's purpose. It was detrimental. I was And also you, you don't you don't have a relationship with opportunity at that point that yeah. sounds multiple, right? Yeah, you, it's it was, like this is like the you you if, if it's one vehicle, that's a vehicle. You've that, caught it and you want to like yeah, sorry, just adding that into no, the no, equation. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's like you're fixated on a th- on this this is your story of like, hey, this is my vehicle and then the vehicle's gone. You're like, mm. holy shit, I just spent the last four years of my life, three years of my life doing this thing now it's and i felt so much like a victim like why am i being punished why is god doing this why is this lawsuit like it was victim mentality that's a lot it's common you know young people to run to but then i had to look in the mirror and be like oh shit i gotta do something so i ended up going to the corporate world i knew i could sell so i did door-to-door sales and it was just awful man absolutely garbage Mm. and then i uh essentially worked myself up into that company just out of pure will because i had to i had to pay my loan uh, on my car, and then I had to pay my rent uh, that I had just got. I acquired all these new, uh, you know, overheads that I didn't have before living mm. at mommy and daddy's because I was young. And yeah. uh, all this new uh, responsibility came into my life. Income got shut off. I was like, I got to figure this out. So I went into the corporate mm. world, absolutely hated every single day of my life. My mental health was completely horrible. Long story short, worked myself up to making nearly like 70000 in a promotion. I was making like 30000 a year, but I was about to hit this brink of 70000 And then the boss, who was a total full-blown, not exaggerated narcissist, a real narcissist. Like, dude, this shit was wow. like some Wolf of Wall Street type stuff. It was Intense. wild. Yeah, right. Wild, man. 
Like mm. I can't even believe what happened. And I, as I left, I found out more things about like they were doing cocaine. It was crazy, dude. Like everything yeah. you could possibly imagine was happening behind the scenes. And he didn't like me. Yeah, right. He didn't like me because I was mm. very honest. I was very uh, principled. I've always been a principle driven person. And I won't just bend. Like, I've always been very uh, honest and truthful. And that was exactly opposite of him. He was like, take, do whatever you need to do to get the sale. And just really nasty yeah. stuff. So long story short, yeah. I worked myself up into getting a promotion for $70,000. And mm. he literally took it away from me. And there was just no reason why. He was just like, no, you can't have this. This is why. And I was like, I hit all the qualifications. What do you mean I can't have it? He's just like, nope. And I was just like, are you, are, you, are you kidding me? So I said, screw you. I'm going nowhere. And I just quit with no plan. And I was like looking at my income. I was looking at everything. And I was like, I didn't have any money saved. I had these bills. And I was like, holy shit, I have no option. I have to go move in with mom. So uh, mm. 21 years old, I moved in with my mom and my grandma. So my parents had went through a divorce. My dad made all the money. Yeah. And it was my mom, my grandma, my grandpa, and my brother living at my grandma's. And man, uh, uninvited, I kind of popped in and there was nowhere for me to sleep. <laughs> so I slept in the, in the bed with my mom. And, you know, I, when you have success and then it gets taken away, mm. it happened twice. Like I, it was like the whole story was playing like, Grew the mm. business the first time, a lawsuit came in, got a part of a company another time, and something outside of me sabotaged it. Like, I was like, what is Go going on? Again. Like, yeah. it's just like the story mm. was playing, and now I'm sharing a bed with my mom, and I'm like having night terrors and panic attacks. And it was, it was all messed up, man, because my life was falling mm. apart. That was not the picture yeah. I had in my head as a 17 year old kid who had a Mercedes Benz and was doing well, who was feeding his mind. And I hit these very hard rock bottoms and uh what you learn about the bottom is that that's where all the wisdom comes because you yeah. if you're willing to take that pill if you're willing to look into the shadow of death so to speak and say what are you trying to teach me what a bit what is it about me that needs to change to overcome this where do i need to grow mm -hmm. what do i need to let go of what do i need to become and i really had to take some hard looks in the mirror to realize that uh, you know, this was all my fault at some level. And I, I trusted in God's direction that I was being guided towards something greater. So mm. don't get me wrong. That didn't come overnight. I mean, I stayed out my ground yeah. for almost a year, got a part-time job making 10, 11 bucks an hour. And then I got an opportunity to work with a friend. I worked for free. He had a social media company mm. spreading messages of spiritual leaders I just hit him up, worked for free. I was like, look, I just knew he needed to be, I needed to be around him. He worked with uh, Bob Proctor and a few others. And I was just like, I need to be around mm. this guy. So I was like, dude, I'll work for you for free. And I ended up working for him for free and I, I, I gained skills. Now, I didn't even know I would start my own company one day. But I'm learning on his dime, so to speak. I'm working for free, but it's like the time and effort and I'm contributing and I'm seeing feedback in the Whilst market. you've also got a day job. Whilst you also got a day job, yeah, sorry, there's a whole job. dimension. I was hustling, man. All day mm. at the job, the moment I'd come home, right on the mm. other uh, business, which when I say business, right on the other charity, really. <laughs> and mm. same at the job. I'm working at the job. I'm working on the business because when there's only a few customers that was coming, it was like a wellness center. So it was like people would get massages and flotation therapy. So you had a lot of downtime. Mm. Answer the phone. Mm 
close the phone, go right back to work. And, you know, yeah. I, I really grinded my ass off and then it paid off, man. It really did. Uh, one day I kind of drew a line in the sand of like something's got to change. And I, uh, I remember the day very vividly. I was driving home, listening to Les Brown, and I was like, man, I just, this isn't right. This isn't the picture, man. 21 years old, mm. making 11 bucks an hour in my hometown, like, and I knew about like wisdom. I knew I had mentors and teachers and I had influences in my life. I had friends who were 26, 27 years old making millions of dollars. Mm. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And then like, I mm. just pulled out this video camera one day and I just like filmed like myself just venting, like this will not change. This is going to change one day. This is mm. all going to be like, I just really went for it, man. And in retrospect, what happened that day was I made a decision. I decided my mm. life will not be the same. Yeah, my circumstances suck now, living in my grandma's house. I showed like my setting, it was just such a mess. And I was just like, but this doesn't define me. This isn't who I am. And I just really yeah. commanded to the universe. And dude, shortly after that, literally within months, <laughs> the person from that company I was working for for free, we scored an mm. opportunity to work with one of the biggest influencers in the world in Los Angeles. Mm. And we mm. like we gotta leave. And I was like, well, when are we coming back? He's like, no, no, bro, we gotta move there. This is like a year plus long project. <laughs> I'm like, Los Angeles? And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm I'm connecting the dot of like, ooh, I just had this huge shift in like what what occurred in me and my mentality. You drew a line in the sand. Universe. Yeah. And I'm working my ass off and the universe is supporting me. And that was the belief I formed. That's a that's a good belief. And I believe that's true. And, you know, for so long, I thought the universe was against me. Now it started to feel like, ooh, maybe the universe mm. is for me. And, uh, man, that changed my whole life. We moved to L.A. I got out of my grandma's house. My parents didn't even believe I was leaving. They're like, what are you talking about? But once that car pulled up, man, me and my friend, we drove to L.A. And life was never the same. And then a couple years later, man, I was I made uh, started my my first company. And first year, I did over $350,000 in, uh, in revenue. Year one, so literally bro complete broke to to pretty successful, and then before my twenty fifth birthday, I made seven figures. So it was a quite a quite a journey, and uh, man, a lot of a lot of pain as well. But all of it led to roller coaster, bro. <laughs> it's like so a roller coaster. So much though, and even once I had the success, just because you hear that three hundred fifty thousand or seven figures, dude. I made so many more Jenny. mistakes, man. That's how I yeah. wrote the book. I was such a bad business person. Horrible. Horrible. Mm. Absolutely bad. <laughs> it's, it's almost disgusting. I look back at myself. I'm like, God damn. I really was a kid. trying to. I really was a kid and an artist thinking yeah, like, yeah. I can do this all. It's just like, I let, I, 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 yeah. I wasn't professional. I made a lot of mistakes. I hired and fired aggressively. I had bad relationships with mm. clients. I told them off like, because I was so obsessed with my art, I took everything so personal and I didn't mm -hmm. know how to really formally run a business. And it took mm. a lot of trial and error, but uh, I figured it out finally. <laughs> and that's where the whole book came from. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really does. Yeah. Like, you know, they say, um, you can save yourself a lot of heartache when you read a book that, you know, someone's distilled 10 years of wisdom into like something that you can read, um, in a couple of hours, you know, Very much so. um, and it's, your book's definitely one of those. 
It's definitely one of those. You can see the lessons that are distilled. There are a couple of topics I want to go further into around the book, but before we do, just thank you so much for sharing your story, bro, because in there, like, and I'm sure everybody listening into the story will get something different, but for me, one of the big things I I took away was there's like this massive theme of belief in there you know even you drawing in a massive line in the sand at some point and going enough's enough this is not me this is not who i am there's like there's like a deep inner belief and then like just the hits that your belief takes when it's like hey like you know I'm, I'm killing it. And it's like, what? Like, you know, basically governments are like, you know, shit's like shutting down because of an external entity that's bigger than you. It's so easy to fall into the victim trap, right? And not believe anymore. And it's like, all right, I'm going to build myself back up, like work more intimately with a boss. And it's like a job, even though it feels crap. And it's like, bang. And then even that takes a hit. And it's like, that's meant to be the secure path, you know? And then it's like, that belief takes a hit. There's this massive like theme of belief massive. Um, that I kept taking away from the story when I tuned into it how important is belief as an ingredient for both success and fulfillment I sort of see success as like this you know this more material sense and fulfillment as more the spiritual sense maybe I'm maybe you can even like me on that but how important is belief for one or the other or both yep well my opinion to sit on the last end there I believe success is fulfillment that's what I believe. Mm. I believe if you're truly successful, you're fulfilled. But if you're mm. just doing things for money and these things, you're not going to be successful. And this is another reason why I wrote the book. You can be a artist and be massively fulfilled and successful as well in, in your mm-hmm. definitions. You can make all the money in the world doing what you love, quite literally. Right. Uh, and to back it up with the belief question, belief. <laughs> it's yeah. everything, man. That is the only, when I look at my life, I'm, I'm from Macomb, Michigan, suburban town. My dad never made more than 70 grand in a year supporting four people. Like hmm. middle, middle class, man, nothing special. No one in my family has money. Like this isn't a thing. And, hmm. and not that money is the only quantifiable th- metric of success, but it is, it is a metric. And hmm. when I look back at all my friends in high school, all my associates through my early 20s, I look at one differentiating mm-hmm. factor. I simply believed I had a different identity about myself than they did. They believed they were employees. I never saw myself as an employee. Even when I was making $11 an hour at the float center, dude, I was, I was an entrepreneur, man. Like in my head, mm-hmm. I, was, I was not living in reality, so to speak. I was like, knew I was on the path of greatness and that mm-hmm. mindset wasn't, just given to me like, Hey, Anton, you believe in yourself? No, man. The, the, when I look back at the work periods of my life, it was the periods where I wasn't growing my mind. I wasn't feeding my soul. I was letting my own Mm. limiting programming that comes from my genetics and my environment influence my behavior. And it wasn't until I Mm. really said, look, my programming sucks. I need somebody else's programming. Bob Proctor, you know, Michael Beckwith, Joe Dispenza, Tony Robbins, Les Brown. You know, let me get your programming. Let me get some of that. And I just brainwashed myself with this wisdom and it, it, it very much affected my identity. And we move in proportion to who we believe we are. If we don't believe we're a CEO or a seven-figure CEO or a six-figure CEO, we're never going to act like one. But see, this is a lot of mm-hmm. this is what a lot of people go wrong. They say, "Well, once I get the result, then I'll believe." <laughs> That's not how it works. Uh, you gotta yes. believe, and then that gets the result. 
that's not how it works. Mm. You got to believe first and your energy, your, the way your brain works. I have a whole chapter on the neuroscience of this in my book. Mm-hmm. Your brain will find this, the way, the how, if you're truly programmed for that success. Mm-hmm. And I give an example of uh, in the book about the RAS. So we have this thing in the, in the brain called the reticular activating system. Essentially, it's a system in the brain. I'm going to way oversimplify the science. It's a lot more complex than this. But essentially, this is how it works. You're out and about. You're at, a, let's say, a concert. There's a lot of music, noise. You're not hearing mm-hmm. any of the specifics of the conversations. Like, But you hear noise. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're walking through, loud music, people talking, da-da-da-da-da. And then someone says your name. Hey, Anton, and you turn and you catch your name. Yet Mm. a moment earlier, Mm. you had no specific recollection of any specifics from the conversations, but your brain Mm. heard your name. Why? Mm. It's because you're literally programmed for your name. So the way the brain works is it has to distort, generalize, and delete irrelevant information and only show Mm. things to you in your environment that are relevant. So your brain knows your name is relevant. So there's a million things happening. There's, a, there's all this noise. You hear your name, you turn. Huh, why? Mm. That's relevant information. Your brain is saying, hey, Anton, this is important. So it's going from the subconscious to the conscious and then bringing it to your attention. This is the RAS. Now, that same concept applies for making $10,000 a month, making $100,000 a month, making a million dollars a month. It's the same thing. If you have a process, mm. and I have the brain scans to prove this, If you have a process to actually change your energy of what's happening in your brain, shifting how it's working, getting into Mm. your RES and really programming that filter, again, simplifying the science, but really commanding to the universe or your brain what's relevant, let's say 10,000 a month. This is what I did. That was the first Mm. kind of RES program I had. 10,000 a month, 10,000 a month. I got obsessed about this idea. Had no idea how that was going to (laughs) happen. Zero idea. But I program that in yeah. my nervous system and I have a process. I teach people how to do this at my retreats and I show them mm. this is what you do. You choose a desire. Most people ask them what they want. They have no idea. Well, you got to choose. Yeah, that's a <laughs> You got to choose something. That's huge in itself. So it's like 10,000 yeah, yeah. a month. So what does my brain do? It starts looking in my environment. How can we do 10,000 mm. a month? I'm not looking. My mm-hmm. brain's going to tell me what's relevant. And then there was a few key moments in my life where like one thing led to another and led to another, led to another. And then it got me my first client. My first client paid me over $10,000 a month. After I broke Mm. that, now that desire from wanting 10 to getting 10 was about three years in the making. Once I got the 10 though, now listen to this, this is a key point. Once I got the 10, boom, within literally 30 days, I was making over 20. 30 days on top of that, making over $30,000 per month. Because what happened? My RAS, my filter in my brain started seeing, oh, wait, more is possible. More. I broke that glass mm. threshold. Now my belief wasn't so like, it was way less material. It was like so internal, like, oh, this is, a, this is all my head. This is all a game. <laughs> Let me play this. Let me see how far I can push this limit. And dude, it changed my whole life. It changed my whole life. Yeah. Now, people hear this, they say, oh, that's the law of attraction. Not quite. It's actually very mm. different. This is science. Yeah. And that's kind of mm. what the whole book's about is like, how can you, because if you don't believe in, in yourself, you're not going to apply mm-hmm. the strategies in the book. 
So that's why mm. I said in the very first chapter, I'm going to share the least important stuff first because that's what you think is necessary to success. I'm going to share it first. All the strategies, all of this, all of that. Now, don't get me wrong. A good strategy that you don't believe in can work. Absolutely. Yeah, but, you mentioned this in the book. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's true. Yeah. If it's a good strategy, yeah. it will work whether you believe in it or not. But mm. if you work on your identity and you learn how to change your energy and you, and you have a process to expand who you believe you are, all of a sudden you're mm. going to perceive strategies that are right in front of you, but you just can't see them now because your RAS doesn't think they're relevant. So it looks beyond and says, oh, mm. it doesn't matter. But as you grow into mm -hmm. CEO squared, you're going to start thinking less like an artist. Your RAS is going to say, you know what? No, yeah. no, no. I think if I want to go to 50000 a month, I have to. Then it's going to say, this is relevant. Go get it. Go find the way. And then mm -hmm. you get resourceful. And it's just like, boom, that's that supercomputer in your brain just working for you, man. And I show people this is very real. And once you, man, yeah. you have a process and you have the strategies mixed with it, whole game changes. How did you do the brain scans? <laughs> a neuroscientist. They came in with um, their <laughs> equipment and they did them all in real time at my retreat. Amazing. One of the yeah. things that um, I I recently, because you're the average of the five people you spend your time with. I've heard you frame this before in, maybe Absolutely. it was in one of your videos, maybe it's in the book. I've been following a bit of your content. It's um, Jim Rohn, my first teacher. Yeah. And it's actually what gave birth to the podcast for me in many ways. I had this gathering that I was doing in my like events every fortnight um, in my house. And yeah, I was conscious that I was the average of the five people I spend my time with. So I just got really like razor sharp focus about who I was spending my downtime with. And just like every fortnight, if I could spend time with these people, I would be a better human touch wood. That was just like the loose definition of it, right? Um, and that's what gave birth to podcast over time. Now, you mentioned when you were building belief, because I think that's the question that I think is really powerful for the audience that are tuning in. How do we build that belief? One of the things that I took away from what you were saying, and something I've been reflecting a lot on, is I am quite conscious about the content that I'm consuming online almost as much as I am about my nutrition. And I, I, I'll be completely honest. Absolutely. I eat Sundays now and then and <laughs> all cookies with milk. And every now and then I will listen to some hip hop just because it blows off some steam. But also there's a lot of hip hop has victim mindset mentality in there to that level of like, I'm tuning into like what I'm consuming. 100%. And that to say that where the five people of the average, we the, where the average of the five people we spend our time with, but recently people have started formalizing the conversation that actually now with the amount of content that's flowing streaming in and out of our lives we are the average of even the five people we spend our time with but that includes parasocial relationships 100%. Um, i know because you've got a social media agency you know what parasocial is for those that are tuning in parasocial is like you like if you've never met me in person but you've been following my podcast touch wood we've got a parasocial relationship it's through this lens but you guys potentially know me better than my friends. My friends, we catch up like once a month, <laughs> once every fortnight, but you guys tune in every week to the podcast, right? So we've got a parasocial relationship and we become the average of the five people we spend our time with, but also the parasocial ones. And you mentioned the Jim Rohns, the Les Browns, tools that you think are really important for us to tune into, like to up-level our belief or continue to believe, or do you think you were a bit of a, a unique uh, specimen on this rock? <laughs> <laughs> floating through the universe <laughs> to have that level of belief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hit us, hit us with a brother. 
we yeah. all have our uniqueness, right? But man, mm. <laughs> the reason I am where I am is like I told you, I was feeding my mind with different information because knowledge is so important because knowledge, new information into your brain gives your neural mm. pathways a to simplify it, it gives it like your brain resourcefulness. Like everything you consume, your subconscious mm-hmm. actually remembers. So if you're studying successful people, whether alive or dead, it doesn't matter. You can still associate with somebody who's dead. Read their autobiography, mm-hmm. see how they lived, see how they thought, consume their information. And then you put that into your brain. What happens is your knowledge empowers your imagination. So you start thinking bigger. Mm-hmm. You start dreaming bigger. You say, well, Anton did it or you know, whoever did it. Bob Proctor did it. This person did it. Mm-hmm. Alex Morton did it. Okay, great. I can do it. I can do it. And then you're starting to believe. And it's happening on a subtle level, but this is, this is usually how it goes for most people. They listen to negative influences. They don't listen to people who are inspiring them to believe. They aren't listening mm-hmm. to people who empower them. They do the exact opposite. They hear the news. The news is television. Tell a vision. A vision of fear, a vision of lack, a vision of doubt, a vision of scarcity. It's symbolic, man. It's all hypnotic programming. And this gets into mm-hmm. your subconscious. You know, the, 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 one of the later chapters, I have a whole chapter on the subconscious mind, how we're programmed. Yep. See, we have to use these systems that have been used against us to empower us. The way you program yourself mm-hmm. into limitation is the same way you program yourself into empowerment. It's the same process. Just limitation is so loud. It's in your face every single day. You see it every time you're scrolling. Well, repetition is the mother mm-hmm. of all skill. You become what you practice. Mm-hmm. So if you practice fear, mm-hmm. doubt, and anxiety, you're going to become that. Just like you become what you mm-hmm. consume in your mouth and you're through your body. Well, you become what mm-hmm. you consume in your mind. It's the same mm-hmm. thing Jim Rohn used to say. Skip a meal before you skip reading, reading your, or feeding your mind because it's that important. Mm. I don't go a day without learning. I don't go a day without reading. I don't go a day without empowering my mind every single day. That's how I start. Why? It's mm-hmm. because we don't choose our thoughts. We don't choose our thoughts. They're unconscious. So how do we change the step before the thoughts? We've all heard the quote, thoughts equals our thoughts equal our feelings. Our feelings equal our actions. Our actions equal result. It's bullshit. That's not true. Mm. Mm. What influences your thoughts? Think about it. What is that question? I ask it at my retreat. Nobody has the answer. It's your programming. It is your unconscious beliefs that are there all the time. That has come from a residual of your life, from your parents, from your association. It's stored subconsciously. So what do we got to do? Holy shit, we literally have to go to that route. That doesn't happen overnight. Mm. This is a process, so you have to do it every single day, so you're spot on. You, you become the five people you hang around most. And, and like you said, it doesn't matter if they're in person anymore. They could be online. And mm. you have to consciously choose those associations. The standard of your peer group, the standard of your mm. associations is the most powerful dictation of your life. Think about mm-hmm. that. Tony Robbins said it. He said it better than I did. But the standard, your peers, your average five people are willing to settle for, you will settle for. If all five of your friends cheat on their wife, you will eventually cheat on your wife. If all five of your friends are multimillionaires, you're eventually going to be a multimillionaire. If all five of your friends are impacting, empowering this world, you will also. But People don't think like this because the fear seduces them. 
because it hits mm. our primal brain, our amygdala. And it says, ooh, pay attention to this. This is important. No, no, no. That's mm. energy in a false sense. That's the matrix attack. That's the illusion. That's not real. But it, it lures us in because we're animals. And fear at one point made us survive. Our brain evolved like that. Two million years ago, when we were you know, hunter-gatherers, primates, what do we do? We had to survive from saber-toothed tigers. We had to survive from animals. We had to survive from the weather changing. So we actually had to focus on fear. Otherwise, we'd die. Hmm. We'd say, look, we have to be out for the saber-toothed tiger or the bear. Otherwise, we're done. So we always have to be hmm. on edge, scanning the environment to make sure we're safe. Well, our brain hasn't really changed that much in that, since that time. So that same response that used to be running away from an animal is getting triggered by a social media post. And people wonder why yeah. they're not empowered. It's like, dude, yeah. you're in fear 24-7. And what the worst, saddest part is, they don't even know it's them. They don't mm. even know they're in fear. They just think this is life. But they've been programmed. They've been hypnotized. They've been lied to. So, so much of the book is both the strategies, but then this piece which you can feel like mm. this is so important. You can't skip mm -hmm. this step. A lot of business people, they skip yeah. this step. You can't skip this step. This is more important mm. than the strategy because you figure this out, mm -hmm. you'll find the strategies. <laughs> yeah. you, 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 it's a law. Like you will literally just unprogram yourself from limitation so you'll get into abundance, which is your nature. So I'm- All the strategies will come in the wake. You are, yeah, you are, the, you are your association. So you better choose them very wisely. And not budge on that principle. Sometimes you have to cut yep. people out. Or you have to change the dynamic of the relationship with boundaries. And the more successful you mm. get, the more you have to do that. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that. And I'm conscious of how much time we have left together. But I do just want to take a moment. because I, And I think the conversation is now getting to a point where I can't really go back and talk about some of the strategies in the book. Because I do want to no, talk no, about something can. else. No, no, we can. There are, there are <laughs> the, like, even mind. just like, things, oh man, the, the lifetime value thing, man. Oh. And the sales hack. Like these, both of those things. Like the sales hack was actually something that's just naturally just, I've started doing in the last 12 months. And hearing you speak it. And I was like, this is, and I literally said this to my wife the other day. I explained your sales hack without even reading it. And I was just like, this is what I've noticed is happening. And then I, and I was like, fuck, where was this book like five years ago? <laughs> right. It's <laughs> just like so many failed sales calls as the artist. And then just realizing that, oh my God, this is like, yeah. And, it, and it's, it's such a loving way of doing it. And also the lifetime anyway. value piece, I think is so great as well. Just starting to recognize that how long I actually spend with a client and how valuable the time spent together is and how to like strategy strategically make it more valuable for them and myself and, you know, draw it like draw it out or make it more valuable for them in, in different ways. But I think I like how we've sort of consolidated. Maybe I've just peppered that in there so people can get a little curious about the book and go check out more about some of the strategies. Those are three. There's 19 different chapters in the book, guys. Each chapter is dedicated to a specific strategy, tip, technique. And like um, Anton puts it, like towards the end, we start talking about some of the more, more important stuff in his opinion, which is what we just covered. And I'd like to sort of just leave that as a, as a moment in time there. I can't let you go today without discussing loving strength. 
<laughs> Loving strength. I know I'm shifting gears. I'm going down one particular lane and now do we're it. doing sprints and now we're doing burpees. Um, yeah, but man. loving strength, um, what does that mean to you? And how did you distill such massive topics of conversation, especially in collective society today? And I'll let you talk about what the, what the topics are even. Um, and how did you distill it down to loving strength? It's a beautiful question. And um, it comes from the recognition of what real masculinity is, in my opinion. And it is a father, not a dad, not a friend, a father. And what does a father do? A father wakes up every day and does shit he doesn't necessarily want to do, but he has to do because his family he has to protect and provide for them. That's strength. That's loving. That's not easy. But also, a father is willing to discipline his children for the sake of them losing love for him, but giving them the proper lesson they may not learn for five to 10 years. That's love. That's strength. And I think that's really what masculinity is about. And when you can embody that loving strength in every moment, it moves mountains, not this false arrogance, true masculinity. Hmm. It's, it's a power, man. And it's so degraded in our society. And it breaks my heart because I see good men being scared to develop all aspects of themselves because they've been told something's wrong. And hmm. what men don't realize is there's stages of masculinity. And the final stage is that father, that warm, loving father. But that warm, loving father, man, he has such a strength inside of him. He needs to be strong. He needs to be able to kill if he has to. Quite literally, if somebody's attacking his wife or his family or his mission, he needs to be able to fight back. The only way he can do that is if he traveled to the darkness. That's the only way. And the reason I joined, like the reason why people do martial arts, not all people, but most people, the reason I joined isn't because I want to fight. It's because one day I might have to. That's mm. it. And if I have to, I can go there, but so many, so much of this woke culture is making men weak and saying that's virtuous. There's no virtue in weakness, zero, because you're only strong if you're capable of violence. If you're not capable of violence, you're just weak because it's like that quote, I'd rather have a warrior in the garden than a gardener in the war. What does that mean? <laughs> it means that mm -hmm. you have to have a warrior inside of you does it mean do you need to use the warrior does it mean you need to need to attack all the time absolutely not it just means though ooh, there's other warriors ooh, there's other villains mm. Ooh, there is m people with malice intent and people who want to hurt you the only way to defend that is to have that developed in yourself does it mean you need to exercise that every day in your personality no but if you don't have it developed you're weak and you're only half of a man and that was a journey I went down because I went, you read the book, so you understand my background. I, I built my company, my, my entire agency, my clients are spiritual leaders. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Love, mm -hmm. light, softness, beauty, grace, powerful mm -hmm. teachings. But as mm -hmm. a man, that's only part of the equation. That's the love. You need the strength mm -hmm. as well. Otherwise, you're going you're gonna to struggle. And uh, that was, that's the journey I've been on for the past two years. That's my second book I'm working on already. Uh, mm, very powerful. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, 
Yeah. I can't help but feel emotionally attached to it. I've got a two-year-old at home, so all the lessons that you're describing oh, are very, very palpably present touchwood at, at the moment. The little boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's a... Oh, I'll share this with you. It's probably me oversharing, but... Um, oh, no, I'd love to hear it. There's... there's um everyone's always, you know, because artist entrepreneur, right? So you know how you said like, like, you know, the, 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 the ops guys help us like rein in the crazy. And I, I couldn't help but relate and laughed um, because I'm totally crazy. But like the podcast starts with it. Yeah! <laughs> so there's like this boisterousness, right? And, um, and people at times have been like, Amrit, you're too much. And, I, and I've always just gone, Hey, that's not a me thing. That's a you thing. <laughs> like yeah. you're completely empowered to put boundaries around me. And then, you know, you go do your thing and I'll do my thing. You know, um, there is totally space for me to be more conscientious. I wholeheartedly accept that hand on heart. Of course. <laughs> um, but in there, I, I, I look at him running around sometimes and like, he could just walk. He could just walk from where he's going, but no, both yeah. arms are in the air. He's screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> he's running. <laughs> and I'm like, Bro, why? And it's like, that's too much. And I was like, oh, this is that thing. <laughs> this is that thing that everybody's been reflecting back to you as well for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And now you can actually see it. Um, so, that's yeah, awesome. I don't know why I'm sharing that, but it's it's a well, bunch of fun. It, it does Father hit on the subconscious such piece good, because I don't know if you remember that in the mm-hmm. chapter, I give the scenario of baby one, baby two. Yeah. Baby one gets mm-hmm. love for just being a baby. It just gets all the attention, mm-hmm. all the praise just because it's pure innocence and cuteness. So the parents come up and flush it with love. The grandparents come up and mm. flush it with love. The brothers and sisters mm. come up, flush it with love, and it hasn't done anything to earn that love. Now, there's nothing wrong with this, mm. but if that stays going on in their subconscious, they're forming a, an association of significance where I just matter because I am, not because I've done mm. something, and they may struggle Yo. in the real world. Baby two, the example I give in the book is like, well, if you give baby two love when it's worthy of love, when it's attempting, you're going to program mm-hmm. it to strive. That baby will be an mm-hmm. achiever because it's looking to gain love by doing something. And that's how it should be. You shouldn't just everybody, in my opinion, is like the greatest people in the world. The reason they're the greatest is because they've sacrificed their whole life and the world reveres them. The world loves them. The world raises them up. That's beautiful. That's kind of how mm-hmm. it should be. So I look at that example with your child. I talk about this in the book a little bit because it's on the subconscious mind chapter to give people context mm-hmm. is children don't do what you say because they're in their subconscious <laughs> mind until you're, they're seven years old. So the way you get to them, mm-hmm. it's through their emotions. And you do that with mm-hmm. your actions. They copy you. Yeah, because it, they, it do just, they do. have no analytical mind. It's going right into the subconscious. They will do what you do. <laughs> this is why you mm-hmm. see three-year-olds dropping F-bombs because they're four-year-olds, <laughs> five-year-olds because their parents are doing that. Well, where'd you learn that from? Mommy said mm-hmm. it. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah they didn't learn it. They didn't learn it. Yeah. <laughs> they observed it. And that's how our programming mm-hmm. works. Do you think as a society we might be too ensconced into associating self-worth with what we do in the world? Um, Are there challenges with that, do you think? Because, I, 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 think there, yeah. I think there can be, but I think mm. that conversation for men and women should come later in life. Mm. Right. I think that should come in your, in your 40s. Because I think if you adopt that too early, you will put off the beauty of being an achiever. Like my whole thing is business is a spiritual game. I believe in capitalism Mm -hmm. because it works. 
And if you have a process that your business is serving people, you should be compensated mm-hmm. for that. But if you gain no, uh, you put no value, like you don't, like we all have a hierarchy of value. And if your hierarchy of values, if in the top five is not success and impact, you're probably not going to be successful because your nervous system just doesn't value that emotion because mm. you told yourself it doesn't matter. Or your parents said it doesn't matter. Or you're some rich guy one time pissed off your dad and at seven years old, he's telling you how rich guys are all assholes. That's not the truth. Mm. That rich guy may have been an asshole, but not all rich people are. So I think people mm-hmm. get with that question. It's like, it's, it's a good point. I like the idea you shouldn't base all your value and your identity just in your business. You need to have other outlets of your life. But I think as a young 20-year-old, 30-year-old, it's totally okay to identify with your business. I am this person. Like Our identity is mm. how we act. And if we have a limiting identity, well, I'm just kind of like, if you don't own it, you'll never achieve greatness. Mm. Like There is a bit of ego in very successful people because it has to be there. Now, mm-hmm. I think at, at a phase of life, you do have to grow out of that and you have to have mm-hmm. other outlets that don't necessarily uh, define you and who you are except your character at the level of your soul. Yeah. Like, that is your real value. And that's why I love Marcus Aurelius. If you've ever read any of his stuff, oh, meditation is solid. Because yeah. you know, this guy's the only, like everyone says power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm. Not in his case. It's the most powerful empire or emperor in the world, quite literally. In his reflections. In his reflections yeah. and the way he looked through those lenses. So human. And yeah. I think that's a way to really base your character and base your value. Who are you? Will you do the right mm. thing even if you can get away with doing the wrong thing? You know what I mean? Like mm. these things are what define us. And I think at the end, God or the universe makes those judgments or those calls, so to speak. But yeah, I think uh, we really, the, the most important work we got to do is on ourselves. I think simultaneously, we should have a sense of healthy pride, not false ego pride, but like healthy pride of like, look, I identify as being CEO squared. I like that identity because mm. to me, that translates yeah. to I am playing the spiritual game of business. The more I grow, the more I can mm. give. The more I can yeah. donate, you know, I, you know what, actually this conversation, it's, it's making me want to add one more chapter. I forgot to add in the book because it's going to launch till next week. Might be able to squeeze it in, mm. but about really taking your impact and giving mm. to something like a lot of entrepreneurs early on, they invest in themselves or their team. They reinvest back into the business. Very common. But every year mm. I actually have this little ritual where I, 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 I send a, uh, or I cut an unhealthy artist-based check to, <laughs> to fight uh, child uh, sex trafficking to an organization I really mm. love. And this, this got inspired to me by Tony Robbins. And uh, mm. every single year, I just uncomfortable amount of money I'll send to them. Mm. And I think right now the numbers keep getting lower, but for $500, you can save a child's life. It's absolutely gorgeous. It makes me emotional just thinking about it. Um, and that's really the beauty of being CEO squared, man is being able to save, you know, thousands of child's lives and maybe potentially impact their whole future and you don't even know them. That's the beauty of it. You don't even know them. You'll never feel the impact, but in your heart of hearts and in your soul, it's an emanation of the divine working through us. And um, it's so important to me, man. Like I can't even describe it because that same concept 
can be mimicked through this podcast and the work you're doing. You really won't ever know how many people you've impacted. And that's the beauty of being mm. an entrepreneur. That's the beauty of being CEO Square. That's the beauty of being a capitalist. And there's nothing wrong with that. The more you can support the structures of the business, the more you can serve the world. I tell spiritual people all the time, you guys need to make the money because you'll do good shit with it. Yeah. You got good hearts. I have all these conversations with my clients. I'm like, look, you need to make millions of dollars because I know your soul, man. You're going to do the right thing. Screw that guy. That guy's going to use people and you know, he's, he's looking to take. You're looking to give. So that's, that's so much of where I talk about this in the first chapter, where the drive of this book came from. I see artists who could maximize so much more. When I say maximize, it's not just profits. It's impact. Impacts equates mm. to more profits, more impact, more money. And it's like, that's mm. what this is about, man. It's, it's way bigger than us. And uh, I like to drive from that place because it, it brings back a spiritual aspect of business because business, it's a spiritual game. Anton, brother, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for sharing yourself so abundantly, so openly, not just here in the conversation, but also in the book, which is, like I said, I'm a raving fan of how well it's written and part of me hates you for not writing it earlier. <laughs> and parts of me love you for having at least written it now so that I can, I can take away some key things like the LTV and yeah, just there's, there's some really cool things in there for me that I picked up and they'll just, they'll just really write for the picking and really accessible, man. You've got a real great way of writing as well. So I will put a link, um, for people, how they can get the book in the show notes below, but also the link has references to your work as well. I do recommend people check out your um your website yeah and i i love your videos man obviously you know you spend a minute <laughs> video editing <laughs> so i'm a big fan of your videos as well so i would recommend if you are subscribed to the inspired evolution channel please do go subscribe to anton as well very similar frequency spiritual entrepreneurships what we up to there up to here anton's over there like guiding spiritual leaders as well so there's a real kinship in the work that we do Highly recommend you guys subscribe over there. Have I missed anything, Anton? Um, oh, this has been this has been absolutely great. Yeah, thank you for having me, brother. And yeah, everyone, check out the book. It's you know seventeen bucks, it's the best seventeen dollars you'll ever spend. I promise you that. And uh, I'll give uh, I'll give you the link so you can send it to your audience and have it in the description as well. And thank you again, brother. This was absolutely fun, and I hope uh, everyone received a ton of value. Thank you so much, brother Ben. Inspired Evolution Tribe and audience, you guys, all the way through to the end of another episode. Man, you guys keep me inspired to evolve, if I'm honest with you. And I'll speak on behalf, both on the behalf of Anton and myself. It is our absolute honor to be your brothers walking home by your side. Thanks again for tuning all the way in. Stay inspired. Keep evolving. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. 
Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.